We've talked about the top 100 prospects. Let's look at which organizations have the most talent on today's Locked on MLB Prospects. You are Locked on MLB Prospects, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And as fitting, now that we've passed the draft and the trade deadline, we can update all of the organizational talent rankings, the farm system rankings. Baseball America put theirs out over the weekend. MLB Pipeline put theirs out on Tuesday morning. And what's interesting to me is to see where they have differences. Like, okay, we know the Orioles are the number one organization in baseball as far as talent. Both of them say that. They've got six top 100 guys. If you want a right-handed pitcher, Grayson Rodriguez, here you go. Best pitching prospect in baseball. You want a left-hand pitcher, great. D.L. Hall, top 100 pitcher, you can have him. You need a, uh, an, an infielder that's close to the bigs. Gunnar Henderson might get called up this week. Do you need a, an infielder a couple of years away? Here's the Jackson Holiday, number one overall pick. What about an outfielder? You just called up Kyle Stowers. We've got Colton Kowser here too. Big tons of guys in the Orioles system, right? We know that they're talented. Having the number one overall pick definitely helps get that. The Dodgers at number two is very, of course, that's how it works. They have three former MVPs on their team. Uh, and they have the most top 100 prospects of any team in baseball with seven because they've been able to use the money to fill in so many spots on the big league roster. So the Dodgers are at two, and you look at what they have. They have Will Smith catching for them. They've got their number one prospect is catcher Diego Cartaya in the minors. Uh, they've got my, uh, Miguel Vargas, who can play third base. Uh, if Justin Turner doesn't stick around, if Justin Turner does stick around, you can put him in left field. They've got Michael Bush, who can play second base. If you re-sign Trey Turner and Gavin Lux goes to second base, you can move Michael Bush to the outfield. They've got Andy Pages, who actually is an outfielder. Uh, and then they've got plenty of pitchers who are just about ready to go. Ryan, Ryan Pepio, Bobby Miller, uh, multiple pitching prospects. And so, interesting scenario, what's going to happen there? There's an opportunity if LA wants to take it to dip, to try to dip below the tax threshold, um, you know, and, and, and reset the luxury tax. You probably were going to have to part with two of the Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Max Muncy group. You just re-signed Max Muncy, gave him one additional year. So it feels like Justin Turner's probably on his way out, 37. He'll be 38 when next season starts. Uh, it kind of feels like Cody Bellinger, who just recently got benched, is probably out. You've got a uh, Chris Taylor to fill in. You've got a couple different guys with outfield flexibility. So it's a can you fit Trey Turner and his money in there, and then can the pitching prospects supplement the guys that you might lose uh, in free agency, like a uh, Clayton Kershaw? Uh, he's a reliever, but a David Price is a free agent. You know, so so what necessarily happens there with some of that? But tons of options to pull from. Guardians are consensus number three across both. Reds and Diamondbacks, uh, one group has them four, one group has them five. So they're pretty, that's pretty consensus. And the Rangers are pretty consensus at six. As you get to the bottom half of the top 10, uh, so Baseball America has Cardinals at seven, 
Mets at eight, Pirates at nine, and Rockies at 10. MLB Pipeline has Pirates at seven, Rays at eight, Rockies at nine, and Cubs at 10. I'm not going to try to, you know, break down everybody and where everything is, but it's just, it's interesting to me to see some of the variances. So the Rays are a team that I find really interesting how there's differences here. So if you go to MLB Pipeline and you look to see what they have for the Rays, they have the Rays at number eight and they're like, yeah, surprisingly low for the Rays. They've been really, really high for a long time. Uh, 12th consecutive year, they've had them in the top 10 and it's something where Shane Boz has graduated. Josh Lowe has graduated, and then Greg Jones and Xavier Edwards have struggled a little bit. Uh, Tosh Bradley has looked phenomenal. He's a top 25 prospect. Curtis Mead is a top 50 prospect. All it took was us going to scout him in person in Montgomery for him to get the call to Durham. It's amazing how that works. And to me, the big variance here for the Rays between Baseball America's ranking of them at 12 and MLB Pipeline's ranking of them at 8 is your opinion of this draft class. So Xavier Isaac was a guy that surprised us in the first round. I still sometimes just can't, kind of can't get over um, my reaction. I was live doing the, doing the draft show when that pick came in, and it just took me, I didn't have any words for a minute. But talking to people both within and outside the organization, there's a belief that they hit on him, we're the ones that missed on him. So there was a belief that because of his foot injury, that there was an inability for teams to to see him and to be able to scout him at showcases. And so he probably would have been a first-round pick had he been completely healthy. But because he wasn't healthy, uh, teams didn't see him. And so the Rays may have gotten one over on us. That's a, a, a thought both inside and outside the organization. He's got massive talent. And then obviously go, going along with, you know, Bradley and Meade. And then obviously Tampa Bay's player development has always been very good. They've been very good at churning out impact prospects. Uh, and whether it's something where, they take a guy like one of these super athletic tools, the outfielders, the Brock Jones, the Ryan Cermak, a Chandler Simpson, and work on their hitting a bit uh, to get them as into that profile of a uh, really good defense and hitting prospect. Or they develop a international signing, a junior Caminero or someone like that. The thought process is the Rays are going to do a better job than probably just about anybody else in baseball at taking raw tools and turning those guys into um, impact talents. And I love what they do with pitchers. So Mason Montgomery is a great example of this. He was not ranked in the top 30 before the season. He's now in the top 10. 2021 sixth rounder out of Texas Tech. Had him in Bowling Green and High A this year. He made it all the way to Montgomery, but it's something where uh, 21 starts this season, 145 strikeouts over 93 innings, 2-2-3 ERA. Uh, they've really worked on the pitch mix, and then they've worked on cleaning up some of the extra in his motion and in his delivery, and he's now become a fantastic pitcher. This is the same organization that got Shane Boz as the player to be named later in a trade and turned him into briefly the number one pitching prospect in baseball. Uh, I mean, they called him up last year to start a playoff game for them. That's how much confidence they had in Shane Baz. 
So I trust this organization. And when I see a number 12 versus number eight, I think a lot of that is the delta there, the four or five picks difference is what do you think of Xavier Isaac? And then how much faith do you have in the Rays develop, player development pipeline? And I think until they can't do it, you have to believe they're going to continue to do it. And just a minute, I want to get to that middle third. There's a couple really interesting uh, teams here with some really interesting variances that I think can kind of be dialed back down to one or two players. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends from the Highway National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. It can happen so easily. You're out with your friends or coworkers. You're putting back a few drinks, and a few becomes a few too many. It's time to go, and for a moment, you, you think about calling a ride, but no, you're a good driver. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. What are the odds that you might get pulled over? And if you do, what's the worst that could happen? You might lose your license. You might lose your job. You might total your car. You might kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over. Okay, so from this middle group, uh, really interesting here. Again, some common teams in this middle tier, both groups, Baseball America and MLB Pipeline, have the Red Sox as the number 11 team. The Yankees are in here on both of these. Um, the Brewers are in here on both of these. Uh, the Marlins are in here. So, Baseball America, Red Sox at 11, Rays at 12. We talked about that. Uh, Brewers at 13, Nationals at 14, Blue Jays at 15, Cubs are number 16. So, you're right here, that's, that's the middle point. So, below average is anything past number 15. Uh, so 16 is the Cubs, 17 is the Yankees. You, we just saw them move some talent out of the deadline, so I get that. Giants at 18, uh, and I feel like that's really carried by Marcel Luciano and Kyle Harrison. Like That is very much carried, and those are the only two top 100 prospects in that system. Uh, the Athletics at number 19, uh, and that is assuming that Shea Langoliers does not graduate by the end of the season. He's been called up. Not sure if he's going to hit that milestone of 130 innings. Um, I'm sorry, 130 at-bats simply because he is uh, he is a catcher. He probably won't play every day. Uh, and the number 20 is the Marlins. Now, if you flip over to MLB Pipeline, similarities here as well. They have the Red Sox at 11. They have the Yankees at 12 instead of 17. Cardinals at 13 instead of top 10, number 7 from Baseball America. And I want to stop here for a second. So there's a couple things that make me feel like this is where your decision's coming from. So on the Cardinals, it comes down to, one, what kind of impact do you see from those top guys? So Tink Hintz, a pitcher we talked about, one of the super fast risers. Baseball America has him as the third best prospect in the system. Uh, They give him, I mean, a a 55 grade overall and third best prospect in the system. MLB Pipeline has him at number six. Uh, their, their grade on him is a little bit lower. Uh, I think they have him as a 50, but not 
necessarily value, uh, valuing him the same as MLB, uh, as Baseball America does. I think that's part of it. But then the other part of it, and Pipeline does a good job of making note of this, is the Cardinal system is very top-heavy. And I don't mean top-heavy as in AAA. I mean top-heavy as in the top of the ranking. So Jordan Walker, number one. Uh, Mazin Wynn, number two. Graceffo and Libertor and Burleson and Hintz. And Ivan Herrera uh, at seven. And then at number eight is Cooper Yerpe. And Cooper Yerpe, I'm a fan of Cooper Yerpe. Left-hand pitcher out of Oregon State. Was the um, draft pick of, I think it was the first round pick this year. I'm a fan of Cooper Yerpe. You'll remember Jeff Ellis talking in our draft shows said that the physical profile, the pitching profile, there's not a single pitcher that had a starting pitcher in MLB that has a release point as low as Cooper Yerpe's. And so it's very much a reliever risk with him. There are a lot of scouts who feel that way. Um, and then when you when you get to the back half of this top 30, it's a lot of relievers. And it's not me saying that as in like, oh, this dude's not going to make it as a starter. It's me saying that as, no, these guys are relievers. Uh, Freddie Pachero, the 22nd overall prospect, um, hit professional baseball in the DSL in 2018. He hasn't started a baseball game since 2018 professionally. He has 142 games in the minors, one start, and that was in 2018. He's strictly a reliever. Um, Ian Bedell entered the system last year. He's in rookie ball right now. Three games, two starts, one relief appearance. Um, Ryan Lutos is in AAA. 38 games, one start. He's the 26th overall prospect. Like, there's multiple players. Uh, Jake, Jake Walsh, and this is a little bit, this is his first, you know, he's up in the bigs right now. He's pitched, pitched in three games, all in relief, but the last time he was a full-time starter in the minors was 2018. He's been a reliever. He was a reliever briefly in 19, but he 17 games of relief in 21, 13 games in AAA in relief this year before getting caught up to the bigs. And so... You don't have a lot of starting pitching depth. And I think that's why you see MLB Pipeline rate them down at 13, whereas Baseball America has them a little bit higher, is they're banking more on the top of the system carrying the team more so than uh, the bottom of the system contributing anything as far as starters or lineup regulars. As you go down... Let's talk about the Yankees. Number 17 for Baseball America, number 12 for MLB Pipeline. And I feel like this entire variance is just asking, what do you think about Jason Dominguez? Uh, Baseball America? I mean, I've made my thoughts clear on Jason Dominguez. I do not think Jason Dominguez is where everybody projected him to be or has met the lofty expectations that were placed on him. Jason Dominguez is part of the reason I don't like giving comps because he was getting Mickey Mantle comps when he signed, which is incredibly irresponsible. But Jason Dominguez, fifth overall prospect in the system to Baseball America. MLB Pipeline has him at number two. They have him over Oswald Peraza. They have him over Austin Wells. Oh, behind only Anthony Volpe. And so, I mean, one, 19-year-old in high A. I, I, I think the variance in the projection is... What do you think about Jason Dominguez? Do you feel that Jason Dominguez is more the guy who hit the home run in the Futures game? 
Or do you think Jason Dominguez is the guy who had the dumb error in the Futures game? Where do you see Jason Dominguez ended up? And that kind of helps figure out um, where the system is ranked. The Brewers has a really interesting delta as well. So uh, finished in the, the MLB pipeline. Uh, it was Cardinals at 13, Mets at 14, Nationals at 15, which again, you traded all that stuff and you're at 15. You got all of those prospects for all of those big league pieces you shipped out and you're at 15. Really? Uh, Marlins at 16, Oakland Athletics at 17, Giants at 18, Brewers at 19, and Blue Jays at 20. So the Brewers are at 19 for MLB Pipeline, 13 for Baseball America. I'm not entirely sure which one is right. I'm just not very up to date on the Brewers system like I want to be. So if you're a Brewers fan or if you're interested, tomorrow's show, uh, we will have a Brewers beat writer who covers both the big league team and the minors uh, on the show to talk about the Brewers and talk about where the system really kind of lies. There's a lot of outfielders really high on this list. I mean, you've of your top five prospects, four of them are full-time outfielders. And the fifth one, Bryce Terang, is a shortstop slash outfielder. And that's not counting Estery Ruiz, who you just got uh, from the Padres, who's, in your, who's still in your top 10. So lots of outfielders here. And I want to know where everybody's going to play, where everybody's going to be. Three of these, top, four of these outfielders, if you count Bryce Terang, four of these guys are at AAA. So... <laughs> They're all knocking on the door pretty soon, and we got to figure this out. Um, Don't quite know which one's correct. Again, stay tuned tomorrow. In just a minute, I want to get to the bottom third and dissect some of the different reasons that these teams are here. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can get favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can get reviews and news for every league, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf. I think they even cover, I think they cover both tours. I'm not quite sure. But BetOnline, I mean, because it's golf. But BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Live in-game betting, scores, whatever it is, they have you covered. So head to BetOnline today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action and happening right now because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay. So, in the bottom third, again, some commonalities that we see here um, Baseball America, Phillies at 21, Mariners at 22, Padres at 23. Padres make sense. They've traded just about everybody out of the system in the last, they've traded more than 30 top 30 prospects since 2019. I think the number is 33 top 30 prospects since 2019. Padres do not like prospects apparently, but no, um, Padres at 23, White Sox at 24. I think they should be lower. Um, Twins at 25, Astros at 26, Tigers at 27, Braves at 28, Angels at 29, and Royals at 30. Um, Similar groupings, for MLB Pipeline, the, the rankings have a lot more variance when you get towards the bottom down here. And there's a couple teams that are down here, but like you're fine with it. The Braves and Astros, both down here. Okay, they were the last two teams to play in the World Series. I would give up a farm system to win a World Series. That's, that's the job of the farm system, if you think about it. 
is to give you the pieces in one way or another to win a World Series. So the Braves are not mad. The only top 100 player they have in this system is Vaughn Grissom. Uh, and he has been up for, what, a week, week and a half now, and is going to pass the 45 days and will no longer have rookie eligibility at the end of the year. So when the season ends, uh, barring some sort of magic thing where they send them back early, the Braves will not have a top 100 prospect. The Royals may be in a similar boat. Right now, they're, they're, uh, they have Nick Prado as their only top 100 prospect. Well, um, our boy Vinny Pascantino, shout out Vinny P, uh, just got put on the IL. I think it was a shoulder or an arm issue. And so Prado's going to be playing first base in Kansas City. And that's something where you have to remember, again, this is a snapshot of this moment in time. And when you look at the pre like the 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 preseason rankings for the Royals, they were much higher because they had Bobby Witt Jr. They had MJ Melendez. They had Vinny Pascantino. Um, they had so many guys. And then they've graduated most of them. Also Lacey back, backed up a little bit out of the top 100. And then even the guys that they've acquired, Drew Waters. They, they acquired Drew Waters from Atlanta in the, a trade for a draft pick, which, again, I love that the Braves did that. Uh, and then he debuted over the weekend. So if he stays up, he'll also knock out 45 days and not be a rookie eligible anymore either. So things like that you're fine with. Uh, but there's teams down here that should not be down here. Uh, the Angels, for instance. The Angels have made the playoffs one time in Mike Trout's entire career. So they've been below average to average for his entire career, for the most part. If you're not a playoff team in MLB, you are pretty much average to below average. They've not been bad enough to get top draft picks. But they've not been good enough to have multiple playoff appearances. They're in that no-man's land. And Art Moreno announced on Tuesday that he was considering selling the team. They're, and I say they're considering selling the team. When you hire a firm to consult on the transaction, it's not really an if. You're going to sell the team. Uh, he's made a lot of investments. He's been very hands-on. But a lot of the investments that he's made have been in the wrong place. It's not been in the player development. It's been in signing guys like Albert Pujols to a 10-year contract. It's been uh, signing Anthony Rendon to a giant contract. Uh, it has not been where it needs to be. And then even the transactions that they've made. So they moved some guys, uh, closer Rizel Iglesias, uh, moved him to Atlanta at the deadline, and they got back Tucker Davidson, who was probably the third of three or four different Braves pitching prospects that they were happy to get rid of. Uh, he was looking like might be a number five or a long relief arm. And instead, the Braves got multiple years of team control of a closer who is now their setup man. Um, when you traded with, with the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, the prospect that you got from them, your number one prospect and your only guy in the top 100, catcher Logan O'Hoppy. And your top prospect going into the MLB draft. So before the draft, your top prospect was catcher Edgar Cuero. Now, I yes, he's 19 years old and at A-ball, but it was just odd to me 
that you would go and trade for a catcher when your best prospect and one of your only top prospects was a catcher. And yes, they got guys like Zach Neto, um, the, the shortstop. He's their number two prospect. But then they made luxury picks. They went out and got reliever Ben Joyce, who throws 104, 105. They went out and got him on day on day two. Uh, they got first baseman and DH Sonny DeShare in the fourth round. And he's not in the top 30. It's something where the, the investments for this team have not been in the right place. And if Art Moreno does sell the team, whoever buys them, and it's going to be, it's a very small pool. Uh, I think the estimated value right now is $2.2 billion. And there are only 1,100 people on the planet with that kind of net worth. Uh, And I'm sure a bunch of them don't care to own a baseball team. So it's going to be some sort of larger group having to come together to buy this team probably, unless you want to sell your team to one of the Walmart kids, or maybe you can get um, Tim Cook or somebody like that to buy your team there in LA. Maybe LeBron can buy your team. I don't know. but. It's a situation where you're going to have to figure out, one, how do we build a winning team around the guys we have? And then two, are we able to keep these guys? Are we able to keep um, Shohei Otani? Uh, Are we able to rebuild the the system? Most of these top prospects, uh, at best, are in double A. They're in they're in A ball or they're in double A. And you can make the jump from double A straight to the bigs. Chase Silseth did it earlier in the year. He's, you know, but it's something where you don't have immediate help coming. You have a messy house. You're one of the worst talent-wise farm systems in baseball. Yeah, Art Moreno, sell the team. The fans will be very happy that you did. And then there's other teams that are down here that are out here, it's their own fault. They have done poorly at some of this stuff, but they're at least trying. So the White Sox are doing something really interesting. They're doing what they call Operation Birmingham. I'm sorry, Project Birmingham. I should get that right. And the idea behind this is they are bringing all of their top prospects to A, And it's the same concept as the alternate site in 2020. But what they're doing is they are bringing all of their top prospects up from single A Kannapolis and high A Winston-Salem to Birmingham for the rest of the season. You're going to be able to use um, some roster tricks to keep them all there because you're definitely going to go over the, the, the roster size. But the idea is you have all of these guys in the same place. You're bringing all of your roving instructors in. It's kind of like an advanced level instructional league. Uh, You can give guys a little more closer attention, have a lot of guys uh, playing with the other top prospects. All the minor league coordinators are going there. And then you can use the development list to make a guy temporarily inactive and bring in somebody else to play a game. So you can have, like, say say a pitcher. You can have a pitcher start And then you can move them to the inactive list and replace them on the roster with somebody else. And then that guy can get three days of personalized instruction while he's throwing bullpens and long tossing. And then move him back to the active list and play that and pitch that fifth day. Uh, Position players, same things. You can give a guy a weekend off 
put them on the development list, uh, put somebody, you know, add somebody to the roster to take his place, rotate somebody else in, let that guy play over the weekend, and then swap him again. So it's an interesting idea. It takes the only real positive thing we got out of the lost 2020 season was having all of the top talent and the instructors in one place. It, it's an attempt to recreate that. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm actually planning on making a trip to Birmingham to see some of this. Uh, still trying to work out some interviews and uh, talking to some people in the organization while I'm there. Hopefully, to, hopefully bringing that to you sometime late next week. But um, they they have to figure out what how to maximize the talent they have because they are either 24th or 26th, depending on which of these groups you ask. Uh, and they only have one top 100 pick or top 100 prospect in Colson Montgomery. So. Uh, Brewer show tomorrow. Very excited about that. You've been asking for it. It's finally going to be here. And then Farm Friday on Friday, I believe this week's the Marlins. Going to be talking about Miami and some of the talent they have in their system, especially this pitching. My goodness. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.